This is the Dose of Fat Podcast, show number 143, for Monday, March 4th, 2019. Welcome to show number 143. I'm Leia, and it's good to be back and fat. And I'm Spinner. And this is Tio Gomez, <laughs> sitting in the control room. Today's show is brought to you by the 45 North Fat Bike Berkey. It's the largest fat bike race in the universe. Our friends at the American Birkenbeiner Ski Foundation invite fat bikers to come up to Cable, Wisconsin, and race on the famous... Berkebiner Ski Trails. This year's race is on March 9th. Learn more at berkey.com. Now, it's my pleasure, and I know that Spinner and I are especially pleased <laughs> to introduce Jill Cedarholm to the radio Ice program. Queen Beater. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> hey, Jill. Hi, thanks for having me. So Jill is the reigning Fat Bike Berkey champion. She edged out the Ice Queen. How how badly, how many minutes was it, Leah, the gap? It was over two minutes. All right. It wasn't so quite it was an edge. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was a while. A little so, more than an edge. Could you see her so, across the finish line in front of you? I could see her, like... Just hanging out with people. Her clo- you know, she's already changed. She was changed, having a beer, and yeah. you were finishing. Yeah. Okay. So we, she was uh, already collecting her check. We, we brought Jill on the program so we can learn all about all your training secrets. <laughs> You'll never learn any of my secrets. They're locked away in my brain. Uh, Are you coming back to the Berkey this year? Um, I'm planning to, yeah. Cool. We'll see. I, I used to not, yeah, I had this thing where I... I typically wouldn't ride outside if the temperature was below my age but my husband said living in minnesota that's gonna have to change really fast yeah i was gonna say kind of <laughs> in your neighborhood that uh, yeah yeah that'd be riding inside a lot wouldn't yeah. it well you said that uh, you're not really a uh, snow bike rider yeah well, there's I, the... I, I ride and i enjoy riding and i enjoy riding a fat bike but my my experience with a fat bike typically is in the in the spring and summer and um i've done long events on a fat bike i've done the leadville 100 on the fat bike the last two years so um the snow the the snow part is is a little bit new to me but um but i do enjoy it was the fat bike berkey your first ever fat bike race on snow uh my third my third one gotcha trying to think what the course the course was pretty well groomed last year i think um, yeah it was a nice... i think that from what i hear the conditions were like perfect last year yeah um and you know that that helped because i'm not i didn't have studded tires or anything like that and i'm not i don't have the experience riding on ice and and you know challenging mushy mashed potato conditions um so last year maybe that played more of a favor you know for for me but um you know it sounded like the year before leah that it was pretty icy maybe right it was yeah it was ice and mud it was ice and mud depending on what side (laughs) of the hill you're on so Mm -hmm. i 
I probably, you know, I, I, I don't know how I would do in those kind of conditions. Um, so it's hard to say, you know. Well, you attended the world championships in Crested Butte. How was that? Yeah, I went last year, and uh, those conditions were pretty good. Uh, I went this year, and I had a flat tire a couple miles in. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. So I uh, huffed it back, and uh, a specialized rep was there, and I said, hey, you got a demo? And he said, yeah. And so we swapped out my pedals. And, of course, you know, I was the last ass over the pass because I got lapped, but you know, I, I just really enjoy being out there and it's for the love of the sport. And um, it kind of, it was humbling for, for me to experience that. But I also feel like, you know, it was it was rewarding in its own way because um, I got to see what it was like to be out there for uh, four or five hours. <laughs> hmm. So It seems like that, yeah, that race is... It wasn't is... ideal, but... Um, it just happened, and it's just it just wasn't my day, you know. But I, I kind of made the best of the situation. And did you what? What? How did you do in in placement on that race? Uh, I don't even know. I was probably like second to last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they usually give out a prize for dead last. So yeah, there's a DFL. You should have stopped and had a beer. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was it was pretty humbling, but. Um, you know, I, I just I thought, well, you know, I'm already out here. It's a beautiful day, and, I, you know, I, I want to make the best of the situation and uh, enjoy the time and just have fun, you know. Nice. So one of the other things that you mentioned is that you have a home in Leadville, and you alluded to that you that you train people out there or you said you uh, well, lead people to do epic shit. T- yeah, I take them up there, and, and we uh, – we get ready for things like Leadville or, or the fat biking. You know, people refer to Leadville as, you know, the mountain bike and the Leadville race series, which is great. But uh, I think the winter up there offers some really wonderful um, Nordic skiing, which I don't do, but they have groomed trails. They've got great fat biking trails. And um, I think the winter up there is almost as good as the summer. So I'm starting to you know, enjoy some time up there. My husband and I, we go up there and I have a daughter that's in college at, um, Colorado and Boulder. Oh, cool. Yeah. So do you think that that elevation training helped you out last year? Did you do any elevation training? (laughs) (laughs) The house is at 10,000 feet, so that's pretty thin air, but, um, I, I, I only usually only go up there for like three days at a time, you know, but, um, I've got to get back with work and stuff, but yeah, I like it. I enjoy it, and um, it's just a good little getaway. Nice. So, so, yeah. So, how do you think that you're a spin instructor, right, or a cycle instructor? Yeah. So you do yeah. you run classes indoors back in uh-huh. back in uh, I don't know maybe Minnesota. maybe the last century I participated in such things. <laughs> um, how do you think that that works into your fitness routine and your training for an effort like the Berkey where it's two and a half to three hours. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just, you know, I'm kind of a time crunched athlete. So, uh, I, I try and just maximize the time that I have, uh, which I work with the hospital hours. I have 
kind of crazy overnight shifts and not sleeping a lot. And um, so I'm just, I think, you know, I'm just trying to find that balance right now in my life. And, um, and you know, having my daughter in college has, has been a transition and having her there. And um, so I, I don't know. I just think, you know, get, getting older and that's trying to really evaluate, you know, kind of, my passion is really seeing people out there and, and growing the sport um, and, and exposing them to different things and having the active lifestyle and taking care of themselves. And I'm kind of transitioning more into that and trying to strike that balance of, you know, you know, racing and if, if I want to race and what I'm looking for to get out of it and, and all those things, you know, but I, I do, I like dabbling and, trying out different bikes and different terrain and different areas. And last year I did Trans Portugal, and I'm hoping to go back there again. So I just, I don't know, you know, I'm just passionate about it, the sport and and getting people involved and and enjoying it. Cool. I think that's a big part of being a good spin instructor is that you have passion and that you produce a, a, a good class, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I enjoy it, and, uh, you know, that's the thing. You know, it seems like the, the fat bike, you know, community, which has been very inviting and great, and, um, you know, I just don't know, know that community very well. I don't know just because, you know, I haven't done a lot of races, um, but, I you know, I just, it seems, you know, Lee, it seems like, you know, you, you've been in that arena for a while, and, very well respected and and I think that's great you know well it's uh you know it's it's different I always wonder you know you have so many people doing that are time crunch like you that are are spending a lot of time indoors training over the winter uh you know with Zwift or the Wahoo or classes Mm -hmm. like this and they're they're popping up everywhere whereas spinning to me was used to just be like a a workout, you know, but now there's specific training and I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the guy that's outside on the fat bike riding. I'm not on a trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wonder, you know, so when it does come to riding the dig or ice or, you know, tight single track, I excel at that, but I struggle with the wide open, you know, road like terrain, because I don't have like a structured, you know, indoor cycling program to build, you know, VO2 max or FTP. Mm-hmm. I don't even, you know, I don't even train with wattage or anything like that. And so I wonder, you know, you know, which is going to help an athlete excel over the winter more? You know, yeah, which is going to be favorable? Questions. Is it is it the indoor or is it the mm-hmm. outdoor grinders? You know, I think of like a Cole House and a Jordan Wakeley. They're never on a trainer, so you want to be like them, but who's got the time for that? Right. Whereas, right. you know, they might be like, oh, well, they're not they're not riding outside. They're not real fat bikers. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. not every, most people have a job. And so mm-hmm. if you're going to yeah. get an hour in, it's going to be inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But our, our discipline of racing is so new that... Yeah. Many other people have have come from other disciplines. You know, the winner of the men's winner at 
Crested Butte was a triathlete. triathlete yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Chris Stevens, who we're going to interview later in the show, is primarily a road cyclist. So, yeah. well, yeah, but I the, mean, the, yeah, those are those are great questions, and I think um, you know you're also dealing with you know the job, people's jobs, and and their age, and um, and and where is that sweet spot? Where is that sweet spot of being outside, being on the road, and being indoors? And striking that balance, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's that's a great question. You know, I think a lot. Uh, of I don't it... have all. I don't have all the answers. Um, I know my technical skills are are my weakness. Okay, and but my fitness might be my strength. Well, if my technical is a two, right, and my fitness might be a level six or seven out of ten, how do you close that gap? You know, and it, it sounds like like. From from my understanding is you know we maybe your technical skills are way far exceed and and you know depending on what type of training you're doing with your with your fitness like you said you know how much you do indoors how much you do outdoors it's it's a fine line and I think everyone's just got to find that and and work around their schedule and and that's something that uh, that I've noticed in the last year or so is where's that balance and not just in fitness but with juggling with a job and a, and a family I mean like I said I have a daughter and um, I was a single parent for like four years you know so that you want to talk about juggling that's another area you know that I can connect with athletes who are single parents I've been there you know mm-hmm. yeah well and then another thing that comes into fat bike racing is you never know what the course is going to be I mean you exactly. can talk to you about like polar roll last year Compared to Polo Row this year, completely different totally course. Different, yeah. If somebody you know had a lot of, not only was it a completely different course, but the conditions were also. And that's completely what I meant. Different. Yeah, I mean the course was a little bit different, <laughs> well, but you can have the, the same, same race, the but you can have you know a, a perfectly groomed you know twenty degree day, and right. the course is going to be hard and fast. Or you can have maybe it snowed the night before, maybe you have a foot of snow, and you have to trudge through things, and you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. if you can get your speed, and like you said, you have the technical skills of. Uh, you know, being in a spin class and things like that, and your your legs and lungs are there. Um, but if yeah. there's things where you need to handle the bike and move around, but it could be the exact same course in completely different conditions. I think yeah. that's a big thing that comes into fat biking too. It seems like mm-hmm. the Berkey definitely caters to your skill set, Jill. Mm-hmm. Well, last year maybe. You know, I don't have anything to compare it to, but um, I would. I'll, I'll. I'll be up front. You know, I'm so glad it wasn't icy. I'm so glad it wasn't mashed potatoes. I'm glad that it, it was not like it was the year before, and that's why. You know, when I heard what those conditions were the year before, and and that Leah, you know, you you want it. I just what happened last year. I just I still have a lot of respect for you, and and that that you. Our strong racer, you know. And, I hope and she's buttering you up, Leah. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, yeah, no hard it, it is. It's like perfect conditions, Candy and I'm like, please get crappy, <laughs> <laughs> warm up, snow, something. Yep. <laughs> Leah, yeah. Leah wanted me to ask you, you know, what what are your three most favorite decadent desserts to binge out on, <laughs> so, so we can send uh, them all to you. Uh, I. I don't know. I like cupcakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Chocolate yeah. or vanilla? Right. <laughs> um, vanilla, actually. Yeah. But, uh, the smart way to like go would have been like power bars yeah. and uh, <laughs> protein like powder. Cupcakes. Yeah, hammer gel frosting. 
Pop-Tarts. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pop-Tarts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have some good news for uh-huh. the ladies, Jill. Um, yeah. I talked to one of the race directors, and it's not going to happen this year, but there is a potential of having the women in a different wave than the men. Oh, nice. Where we would nice. start before them. And what I like about that is I feel like in a lot of these uh, mass start races where it's wide open like this and it's kind of like a road race, it's who can grab on the best set of wheels, like the right. best the best pack of, of men, per se. And yeah. and that's all fine and dandy, but what happens is we don't know, we never see each other out on the course, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you can go as hard as you want and you know that you could, you could be saved by the next pack. Whereas right. if all the women just went together, that's going to rain us. It's yeah. going to, you know, it's kind of makes it a level playing. Field. Yeah, and it and it will make it more of a tactical race right. Right. where right. you know one person can't just jump off the front and hold it when you've got a pack of seven other women barreling right. down on them. And then the other thing I thought would be really awesome about it is we might actually have a tight finish. Like you might actually get a sprint finish or something the same way they right. do in the Iceman. Uh, and then the the woman that the race director was was thinking about plotting us out enough minutes ahead where it could be qu- a question of who's going to finish first, a man or a woman. Yeah. You know, so the yeah, leaders cool. may or may not uh, catch us from mm-hmm. the men. So mm-hmm. I thought that would be really mm-hmm. cool. I mean, don't know if it's going to happen for sure, but it could. And I think that would I think we have enough women now. uh that could be offered, that, yeah. Yeah, that they could offer that up, and it could be more of a, a real race. Right. So if know? they do that, are are you going to show up for the podium shot? No. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make the podium first, <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, Jill, are you, yeah. are you sponsored by, by anybody on the fat bike? Uh, no. No, I just, you know, I... I, I I support local shops, you know. I, I buy all, you know. I yeah. buy from local shops, and we support them. And <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong; I'll take a little discount. But you know, I mean, I, I I'm a believer of supporting local shops. I just had a little run-in with my my fat my winter snow boot, and I went into the shop, um, and they warranted it 45 north and they were and i think you know when you build that relationship with local shops um one you're supporting them two you know i see a lot of people from spin classes and this these are people that don't even own bikes and they're going into shops buying bikes like crazy and we got to keep the industry you know support them and you buy online i mean you know people have done it on you know I've, i've done my share of online shopping you know but when something happens you just don't get that that relationship you know right every um, town right. needs a bike shop right mm-hmm. yeah at least and, one and supporting you know the reps the rep this is what the reps do for a living and I, I have a lot of respect for them and you know um i think it's it's great you know bike shops and local shops and local companies small businesses i'm i support them you know and who's your favorite have, shop yeah, there a, in the in the twin cities uh, favorite bike shops? Well, I'm, because I do the, with the Wahoo Studio here, I'm, I am out of Now Shops, Now Bike Shop, and they have they they are huge. There's fat bikes wheeling out of here every day. It's, the sales on fat bikes here are pretty good. Um, and then I'm also affiliated with a Trek shop. Um, 
and I'm, I'm not exclusive. And that's the other thing. I don't just ride for one company because I'm not, I like them all. And I think when you're working with people that are new to biking and buying equipment, it's like a bed, you know, this mattress works for me, but it, you're sleeping on it. You got to buy what works for you. Wow. I like yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I, my I bike was a bed. <laughs> I have relationships Wait. with local shops that if I send somebody in there, they're going to be taken care of, you know? Well, right on. Absolutely. We're all fans of the local bike shop. Uh-huh. Yep. I, I live in such a small town that we don't even have, like, a, a quick have a trip. Shop. <laughs> but yeah. The wish, shop is your house, pretty much. I wish we had a bike shop. Yeah. No, I yeah. like my local shop. So... I guess. Do you have anything else you want? You want to wish Leia luck oh, at the Fat Bike Park? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, think, I don't know. Did you recently get married? I heard or something. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, congratulations. Thank you. There. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think just keep doing what you're doing because I think you're a great amba- ambassador for the sport and especially for that area in Wisconsin and. Um, you know, I think you're doing a great job, and you have some great ideas, and you're you've been you've been in the sport a while, and I think you know you have a lot of credentials and knowledge, and I think uh, I think that's great. I'd like to take this opportunity well, thank you, to uh, to <laughs> yeah. say from Spinner and I, from the you know from deep down in our heart, <laughs> congratulations on yeah. your win last year at the Berkey. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to beat her in every race that I've done, and I, I'm if a you dude, knew I can't do it. How competitive, Jill? I'm Leia a fan is. of you. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, we get we're we're in this together. There you go. <laughs> we just bet a hundred bucks that she's going to beat me again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. I. There's going to be so many women there, and everybody's been training hard. And I, it's like the first time where a lot of us actually get a chance to race everybody because uh, yeah. we're so spread out. Um, yeah, you so may get exciting. a chance to meet Spinner Ryerson. <laughs> you just might. Lucky gal. I know. Did you see a guy? Are you wearing the Viking costume, or are you wearing the Top Gun costume? There might be. Are you wearing? Are you wearing a full team? Uh, momentum bikes kit. Uh, they're working on something here. <laughs> All right. Maybe, maybe Thanks, we'll have Jill. to wait and see. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Jill. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. That was Jill Cedarholm, winner of the 2018. Fat Bike Berkey. Fat Bike Berkey. A.K.A. The woman that beat Leia. Leia. Let's then take a break. Here. When we now come Robert. back, we welcome Chris Stevens to the program. I do need to be anyway. Oh, my God. Hey, please welcome to the radio program the 2018 Fat Bike Berkey men's champion, Chris Stevens. Hi, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing Appreciate great. you having me. Thanks for uh, thanks for the opportunity. Our pleasure, sir. Sounds wonderful. Oh, I'm first. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my bad. You're bad. All right, Chris. 
Well, that is distracting. So tell us about uh, the Berkey last year. What 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 was it? I, you you edged out uh, Mr. Corey Stelgi, who's a friend of mine. How'd you do it? Yeah, so I, I came into the race last year literally with a plan to make it as hard as I possibly could from the get-go. And uh, what does that mean? Just did that, and uh, I knew I actually knew of Corey. I don't I don't know Corey well, but I've gotten to know him a little bit, and I knew he was probably the uh, one guy in the race that could really give me a hard time, and he certainly did a really good job doing that. But him and I were able to get away maybe 30 minutes into the race, and we worked very well together to stay away. And I was just lucky to have just that little bit of snap at the end uh, to win the sprint. So you weren't playing around with the rest of the guys at the beginning. You just took off and said, hang on if you want. I literally wanted to make it as hard as I possibly could from the start. And I heard comments (laughs) after the race that guys were setting 30-minute power records, heart rate records. (laughs) I literally had guys telling me that I was going too hard for such a long race. And it basically just lit my fire more and more and more to hear hear all that stuff so it uh i that was literally the plan quite frankly just to go as hard as i possibly could for about the first half hour and try to break the entire field and we were able to do that which was it worked just it's really nice when a uh, and you execute a plan and everything works out i guess yeah and so your background is on the road correct yeah mostly on the road uh definitely done some off-road stuff i've done the loop to 99 in the last couple of years mm, okay. uh this year we're going to do margie jessic nice. uh i did i do quite a bit of gravel racing i won the dam last year day across minnesota 240 mile gravel race so certainly not exclusive to road cycling yeah you've got a lot of miles under your belt you got it yeah i uh i just about rode 20,000 miles on my bike last year so in order to do that, obviously, primarily on the road. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of through. time on the saddle. Hold on. Okay. So you're fresh off the podium at Fat Bike Worlds. So what was that racing like? Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, Fat Bike Worlds was was an experience of a lifetime that we're probably now going to do every year and make it an experience of a lifetime. Cool. Uh, we've been out to the mountains quite a bit, actually, to ride. I've been on some family vacations, and I've been uh, we've been out to Colorado a few times to ride. We've done Evans, Pikes, going to the Sun Road, Yellowstone. We've done a pile of them, but uh, I've never been in the mountains until the winter, during the winter until this year. Okay. And, uh, man, I, uh, Crested Butte was, uh, it was mind-blowingly beautiful. And the racing, in my opinion, was absolutely secondary. It really? Was just a, a wonderful experience, great group of guys. We had five guys go out. Our families came out. My wife flew out. Um, it was, it was amazing. The race itself is gorgeous. The course is gorgeous. It's pretty challenging, but, uh, just a super run event. Super venue, super town. Just can't say enough about it. It was a blast. How long were you out there? We actually drove out on a oh, what would we drove out on a Thursday night, all night. Arrived Friday midday and raced Saturday midday and drove right home from there. Oh so wow! We did a lot of driving. 
five guys in a Yukon XL with two bikes in the back <laughs> and three inside, and we had to leave gear at home, including some key wheel setups had to be left at home. Oh, really? Okay. So how did a triathlete beat you, dude? Well, since I'm a triathlete... <laughs> oh, <laughs> not going to throw anybody in the I, dirt there. I, I have been a triathlete. Uh, my last triathlon was Ironman Wisconsin in 2016. But wow. uh, Josiah isn't just a triathlete. He's an ex-Gera triathlete, so he is an off-road specialist. Ah. And he's a beast. Are you and, friends uh, with him? Do you... uh, I don't know Josiah. I got to know him a little bit after the race. We chatted just a little bit, but I was I was definitely aware of the heavy hitters coming to the race okay. and their resumes, which were unbelievably uh, intimidating. <laughs> but uh, Josiah did something I did not do that day, and he rode his bicycle the entire way while I spent some time on the ground and spent some time letting air out of my tires in order to try to ride my bike more. So. So it was yeah, choppy? He was smarter and raced better than I did. Okay. It was choppy? It was not choppy, but the snow out there is so dry, it doesn't set up very well. So what appeared to be an immaculate course the first lap oh, turned okay. into uh, mashed potatoes in some areas, and we had lots of wind. Uh, we had windblown areas that you literally could not see tracks in, even even with the lap traffic and all the people on the course. So. It was really challenging. I, I, I tell people I feel like it was mentally engaging because the course constantly evolved throughout the day. Unlike Berkey last year, which was, you know, rock hard corduroy mm-hmm. for me the entire way. So one condition where this course was just it literally threw everything at you. Tell me the difference in your tire setup between the perfection of the Berkey and this race. Yeah, so we uh we pre rode the course on Friday out in Crested Butte, and wow, did we struggle. And they, the, the course had not set up. They got they had a lot of snow the week before, and uh, when they get a lot of snow out there, it's so powdery, they just were having a hard time getting it packed. It, it looked wonderful, but it was just soft. So we were we were experimenting down to like 3 PSI, but uh, it seemed to work pretty well. But the problem was then they groomed it overnight, and it, it was way below zero, and it set up like a rock, and we just were... We were going in circles on how to set up, and unfortunately for me, I set up with too much tire pressure, which was great for the first lap, but after that, as the course deteriorated, especially the climbs where people were walking, mm. it was really hard to ride, and I had to stop and let out pressure and just trying to get it down to that 3-4 PSI again just to have some traction. You still managed second, so it sounds like a lot of people were probably having the same type of problem. Yeah, it was it was certainly challenging. Uh, I was able to ride really hard when I was able to ride my bike, and there were areas where the course was just ripping fast with crosswinds, headwinds, tailwinds, sections <laughs> where I was literally spun out, probably going 25 miles an hour and not able to hardly put power down for a half-mile stretch oh, wow. just because it was such a strong tailwind. Nice. So the course was it was just super super variable. You know, again, it, everything from hike a bike on one of the big climbs where I, I could not ride up to uh, to rock hard super speedway in one section with a tailwind. So it was it was it was a super fun course. We've been talking about that just with fat bike racing. You never know what to expect. The same course can be different every time depending on conditions, weather. 
or much within n- the race. You, within the race, yeah, you can change yeah. lap to lap. Yeah, I, yeah, I noticed got, that they use a piston yeah. bully ski yes. area yes, type groomer did. out there. Yes, yes, they did. They had really good at grooming equipment. Again, the snow is just a little bit too new, I think, for it to really set up. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't believe they they groom it like Berkey does, where they're out there really tilling it and working it constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not. This, this is a ski trail at a country club. It's not the Birkenbeiner trail with ah. tens of thousands of people. So setup was a little different. The trail quality was outstanding. It was nice and wide like the Berkey trail. But, again, I think the, the snow condition due to the so much new snow in such a short amount of time was challenging. And uh, the Berkey may be very similar uh, if with similar snow conditions. The difference being, of course, the laps make a huge difference when you had on when you have a you know, hundred and some people on the course or whatever it was, it, it really gets chewed up in some of the spots, especially the climb. Well, to you guys, to you guys in the lead, the guys like me that are in the back is not that much difference. <laughs> so that's lap two is my entire race. First wheel turn. <laughs> I absolutely understand if you're your plan, brother. <laughs> yep. so, so you're planning on doing the fat bike Berkey again two weeks from now, right? Yeah, you got you're it. Going, Absolutely. Are you going for the? Are you gonna? Are you gonna defend your title? I sure hope so. Uh, preparation's been fantastic. What have you been I've doing actually, to prepare? Well, I, I, I'm actually going to come to the race this year much more fit than last year, which Uh-oh. may sound crazy. Uh, I've got a lot more volume, more intensity. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come into this race. Oh, you're going to make it hurt. So you're going to hurt everybody in the, for an hour instead of 30 minutes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I probably will not use the same tactic this year, but uh, we've, we've talked about a few plans, and we'll just uh, we'll see what happens. Nothing, nothing firm yet, and uh, the course is so challenging. The hills are so sharp and so steep that uh, I think it weeds a lot of people out automatically. Oh, yeah. But, it's, it's definitely a climber's course and a watts per kilo course power to weight ratio. So, did you see uh, that they're allowing any size tire? Oh, I did not. Even I see did that. not see that. No. Yeah, I thought I I saw that on the website that any size tire can go. Okay. Really? Well, if that's the case, if anything, this year we found that the, the narrower tires certainly aren't the way to go unless you're on. The, Super, super perfect conditions. So I, I can't imagine that a narrower tire, a plus setup, would be beneficial. But but it's just going to so. mess up the track. You know, it's it's going to make the. So do you run fours? Yes, ma'am. You got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And are you on twenty six inch wheels or on the twenty seven point five? Yep. No, we are on twenty sixes yet. And holy smokes, I'll tell you, we've been uh, spinning our brains this year because we've. Last year in 2018, I never came off my bike in a fat bike race, and this year I've probably been off my bike a hundred times. So we're trying to find tire setups and wheel setups that work. And Josiah was running uh, out in Colorado. He had 27 and a half with five inch, just monster tires. And a couple of the other guys did too. And oh my gosh, that made a big difference out there. It was such a huge difference. So I definitely could use bigger tires out there and lower pressure and. There's no question that's one of the biggest keys. We we try to split hairs with weight and 
with speed items, but uh, if you can't ride your bike, you're not going to go very fast. So we talked about Corey in the field for Fat Bike Berkey. Who yeah. else in the men's elite fields do you think will uh, take the second and third step with you, of course, on the first step of the podium? Well, I sure, I sure could be biased, but my Apex teammate, Thomas Olick, is very, very fit and ready. He has He's had some bad luck this year. He's had some mechanical issues in almost every race. He had a great ride out in Crested Butte, just a hair off the lead pack. And uh, he's certainly much more fit than he was last year. And he was, I think, uh, sixth or seventh last year, something like that. He was in the he was in the, the sprint group that was right behind mm, us. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, so he's in there. And another, another guy we've been racing with a lot this year is Sean Cooley that seems to have really stepped up. So I would expect him to be up there and pushing the pace as well. Cool. Is there a, is there a chance that maybe – you and Thomas are working on a little shake and bake. That could absolutely be the case, along with about seven other of my teammates. You bet. All right. That came into play in the, in the first couple of ponies. years. Uh, you know, the Alaskans all stuck together. But, uh, yeah, I, this is Smart a race where, where road tactics road could tactics definitely come into play. Yeah. Well, you got it. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got I think – seven or eight guys racing from our apex team and yeah i've got uh a, a good handful are better of guys that will all be fit for the top 10 at berkey so it's uh it's going to be interesting and team tactics tactics will absolutely come into play mm-hmm. when are you are you coming early this time or are you going to show up the day before like you did are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna well, i will be there friday sometime i would assume and uh i Probably will not see the course before we race, unfortunately. Uh, work calls, so can only take so much time off. Wow. Are you going to wear a, a, like a GoPro or anything like that? I have not done that, actually. I own one, but uh, I have not. I would consider it, but uh, at this time, no, no firm plans to do so. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe convince one of your teammates. Yeah, because that well, yeah. that video from last year was third place was was Cole House's video, yeah. and everybody watches that, and you have to explain to everybody this was third place. This wasn't right. the everybody thinks that was the win, you know. <laughs> you and Corey were already you know on your third Gone. beer by the time they crossed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so, do I'm, you do most of your training indoor or outdoor? Over the I winter, do. I spend I spend way too much time on the trainer, unfortunately. Uh, this year, especially with the with the lack of snow we had early, when we went out to Colorado, I had ridden my fat bike one mile outside of racing. Oh, wow. So it wasn't super ideal. And, uh, yeah, so as of now, I think we uh, got maybe 30 miles at the very most on our fat bikes besides races, probably 20. So I spend a ton of time on my trainer. Yes, I, I do actually have a groomed course at my house whoa but we went from no snow to now Way i have too, too much, much snow. yeah I can get my power unit around so i'm working on getting some heavy equipment in to prep my course and uh definitely get some good riding before Berkey. so tell me this we are pretty much three weeks out right so you got it. are you gonna ride hard 
this week and next week and then taper the week leading up? Or do you have to start tapering two weeks out for a race like yeah. this? Leia doesn't have a coach, so she's asking you for <laughs> specific. Yeah, no, no, I'm good. You, you know, so what I, my, my theory is that uh, I'm, a, I'm a really high-volume guy or what most people would consider high-volume. So I definitely start to taper a little sooner, which is kind of already in the infant stages. But, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll definitely be doing hard workouts even the week of the race. It's just the volume will come down a little bit as we, uh, as we get closer. Hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this. So you've been to both Crested, the Fatback Worlds and the Berkey. How do you compare them? Which one's better? Do you have preference? Uh, scenery and Crested Butte bar none, uh, I would say atmosphere-wise, they're fairly equal. Both of them are being big swag events. Uh, Crested Butte venue is phenomenal. They had a beautiful country club. They hosted the event out of Towns Awesome. Just the whole vibe, race director, the Dave and the whole Chamber of Commerce out there were fantastic. Obviously, Berkey is Berkey, a huge event. Uh, Apex Cycling is a spinoff of Big Ring Flyers, which is basically our parent club. And I expect that we're going to have about 40 Big Ring Flyers counting us Apex guys in the race this year. And to have that many folks in a race off one club and team is pretty special. Yeah. We're kind of looking at ourselves as a big family, and it's going to be, uh, it's, I take a lot of pride in the fact that we have such a big gang like that. Everybody really has a lot of respect for each other, and everybody's got something to kind of bring different. It's it's a lot, a lot of fun to go up there with a group like that. Where are you guys from? Uh, most of us are from the Richmond Hudson area. I've got a I've got a one, my brother in law is actually on Apex, and he's uh, from Lacrosse, uh, but that's about as far as I expect people to come for Berkey. Oh. Cool. So Wisconsin, just barely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right there oh, on the yeah. river, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, we definitely have a couple members from uh, the East Metro, but uh, primarily Hudson, the Richmond area. So, yeah, we are uh, definitely on the border within a stone's throw of the Twin Cities. You got it. Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you made it sound really cool, the, the whole Apex and team aspect of it. Now I'm going to ask you one closing question that uh, might seem a little weird to you, but you know, that's, that's just me. So what's your idea of fat bike heaven? Like what conditions do you dream about riding your fat bike on? I'll tell you what, I tell a lot of people, I don't like to race single track. I just feel like it's kind of a follow the leader type race and, uh, not a huge fan of single track and maybe because I'm not very good at it. I'm not technically savvy as a mountain biker yet, but I love the idea of taking my bike out to a place like Crested Butte and riding it in the winter on single track trails. I think they have something like 400 miles of mountain bike trails, which what? some of which are bike trails in the winter, definitely not 400 of them, but I'll tell you about the scenery out there, and, and, and probably anywhere in the mountains is uh, is phenomenal. And I, I, fat bike heaven to me would probably be nice, nice flowy single track somewhere out west in the mountains. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey Chris, it's uh, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you, and thanks for the tips too. 
<laughs> Thanks for the coaching, the free coaching. Free though. coaching oh, yeah, hour. Sucked out of you. <laughs> yeah, good luck at yeah, Fed Berkey. All right. We'll see you. Wonderful. See you in the sawmill. I'm going to be trying to find some of your teammates and steal a couple pulls, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like a wall of Apex. <laughs> is, there, is, is there ladies on Team Apex? There are no ladies yet on Team Apex, but there's plenty, but plenty of big ring flyers that'll be up at Berkey Racing. All right. Cool. Very cool. Right on, Chris. Thanks for being on the show. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Chris, this is our PS. We should have we should have let you uh, do a little uh, plug for your sponsors. So, please let us know who your sponsors are. Yeah, so this year I'll definitely be riding my uh, Otto Wojtek in the Berkey. Um, awesome bike. I love the bike because I've got it set up almost identical to my road bike, if you can believe that. It's got a super narrow Q factor. I literally can feel like I'm riding my road bike. Same crank arm length, almost the same Q factor. It feels like to me I've got it set up super narrow. It's fast. It's light. My bike's going to be under 20 pounds on race day. Oh, right my gosh. Wow. It's light, and I'm going to be light, I hope. <laughs> so, and yeah, That's why I don't care about racing. Partners, uh, Anderson's Maple Syrup, who sponsors Childress Racing, so we feel pretty cool to be be part of that. A Maple uh, Syrup sponsor? Coffee. We have a Maple Syrup sponsor, yes. Wow, I bet that's we're, the we're only one. In, we're not just in this for, you know, short term. We're trying to we're trying to live long, healthy lives, and, you know, to, to partner with a with a product like pure fuel which is literally pure pure maple syrup gels for for really are you gonna bring samples yeah can we can we have some (laughs) absolutely (laughs) they'll be at birthday you got it yeah cool anybody else yeah we've got got a couple other real key sponsors of bell app coffee justin rumley the owner actually races with us he's an apex guy it is, in my opinion, the best coffee you can get. If you haven't tried it, you got to try it. And uh, another biggie for us, two more biggies are uh, Endurally and Big Revelry. Endurally is an awesome. Matt Mossman, the owner, is an awesome partner for us. He not only has awesome uh, nutrition and hydration products, but he does a really nice job with us helping us personally in terms of uh, coming up with customized nutrition plans. And uh, Tommy from Big Ravelry just really helps us promote our team. Great partner. And, of course, our Bora kits are super fast. We race in skin suits because that's what you should never do on a fat bike in a school. <laughs> Does not have any fur and leather like, <laughs> and horns on your head? <laughs> anything like that. But, man, there's a dude out in uh, Colorado that goes bare legs and sleeveless every year in that race, and he that's is fast, and he is just badass. I don't know what his deal is, but wow. Hmm. Is there some ladies on Crested Butte re- racing in the same kind of garb? Yeah, the, there was some ladies re- dressed as Vikings out there. Yeah. There were definitely some costumes out there, but I don't specifically recall ladies wearing too weird of stuff. Okay. Well, all right. Look for that red <laughs> Apex skin suit. You got and, it. Uh, we will see you at the Berkey. All right, sir. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you Chris. Very much. I'll catch up to you at the sawmill because I ain't catching you in the course. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. We'll be there. All right, perfect.
Thanks, Chris. Right, thank you, Chris. Appreciate the opportunity. Our show this evening has been brought to you by the largest fat bike race in the universe. That's that Fat Bike Berkey race. Woohoo! Check us out on Instagram at fatbike.com. Check us out on Till Instagram at fatbike.com. Come on, we're still close to me at the fire. The public has moved in for scanning.